what the hell? Like, what am I hunting down here? Why, why is this number relevant? Why is this title relevant? Hang on, it's not. I've been completely led down the wrong path by the people around me. I need to go back to my core and work out what the hell am I trying to achieve and why? And my kids were a critical component to that. My short fuse comes from this desire to have the perfect life. And if, and I'm talking like, if the house isn't clean, life's a fucking train wreck. And then I got up in the morning and I was just like, dude, I'm so sorry for yelling at you last night. I'm like, I'm upset because I can't push the button to make you healthy. And I hate seeing you so upset. And I hate seeing you not well, and I can't fix it, and I'm angry at the situation and not at you. Based on the life expectancy tables, the old financial planning hat goes on, I'm like, we're not even halfway. If you think life's over at 40, you have got a terrible 40 years in front of you. This week on the Fit Parent Playbook, we speak with John Pearl, or JP for short. He's here to inspire us with his expertise in living a balanced and fulfilling life. He's a seasoned lifestyle coach and an advocate for personal growth and healthy lifestyle, and someone who has helped countless individuals transform their lives for the better. What I love most about our chat with John is his down-to-earth nature. Not only a dedicated father and husband, but also a genuine human being who connects with people on a personal level. John understands that success isn't necessarily what society tells you it is and has developed strategies to help you define what success means to you. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, guys, but we just want to acknowledge that we had to record this episode on location, which means there might be some occasional background noise. However, we believe that the insights and the wisdom shared by our guests are so valuable that we didn't want anything to deter from the key messages in the episode. So we kindly ask that you bear with us through any minor distractions, and we promise that the content will more than make up for it. And hey, while I'm interrupting, I may as well chuck in the old tagline of make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Instagram. And can you please do it? Because Jason's going to make me say this line every time until we've got a thousand subscribers and we're actually pretty close so if you haven't done it yet please do uh jason uh dk very excited we've got another expert in the field jason i am super duper pumped about this one jason <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, John Pell, he's a lifestyle coach, but he's not one of those super rich tech geniuses that no one can relate to. He's a dad, three kids, a husband. He's run a business and still currently runs one. But most importantly, he has a huge emphasis on work and family balance. He also focuses on nutrition and wellness, DK. Yes, JC, sounds like a fella I wish I met about four years ago because I've been pretty open about the fact that it's something I did really poorly when I was running my own business. I couldn't quite get that balance right. And I think you're actually pretty good at it, Jace, to be honest, but I'm sure all our listeners could do with some little pearls mm. of wisdom yes. from John Pearl. All right, dad joke warning. Hey? Didn't, didn't like that? No. I thought that was That's pretty okay. good. No, it wasn't bad. Have you heard that one before, John Bell? Once or twi- twice, if I'm honest. Yeah, but, right. Uh, okay. never, it's never not funny. It was no. terrible, wasn't it? Sorry, boys. JP, welcome to the podcast, mate. Boys, thank you so much for having me. Now, tell us exactly what you do for a living and how you go about it, mate. You know, it took me probably the better part of two years to work out a title to this. And yeah. uh, I've landed on lifestyle coach. Yeah. 
you, you go back probably five years and I said it'd be a cold day in hell when I call myself a life coach yeah. and I did for the first few years and I cringed and cringed uh, but where I've landed on is lifestyle coach because that's the key component to success is yeah, the okay. lifestyle so yeah. that's what I do okay so tell us what a lifestyle coach does and how that's different to say a business coach or a personal coach or a fitness coach yeah correct look uh, it's the morning to the evening and everything in between. So it's building out routines for your morning, building, building out routines for the day, building out routines for your evening, focusing around health and well-being. But then we have to kind of step back out and it's a lifestyle that's going to support them in achieving their end goal, their idea of success. I kind of brought in my old world, which we'll talk about, but it's helping the individual identify what success looks like. So financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, professionally, what does it look like? Getting really clear on that and then helping them build a health and wellbeing focused lifestyle to support it. All right, so you talk about success, right? How did you work out what success was for you to then become a lifestyle coach? Yeah, look, I, I gave a presentation this morning actually to a business on this very topic and it's a journey and it's a journey that I had to go on. Uh, there were some key moments which we can talk about um, and I suggested that everyone will have these key moments in some way, shape or form and they have to go on their own journey but, you know, for me, health and well-being has always been a huge component of who I am. You know, I'm what, what am I? 42. So for probably 30 years of my life, there's been some sort of health, sports, fitness component. Um, I started working professionally in 2004. And through that journey, though, I realised very quickly that I, I worked in wealth and investment advisory. So I was always surrounded by money and people that were focused on, on money. And I also noticed though the people in the industry and what that meant for them, the sacrifices they were making, right? Like with fitness or with family or with friendships, you know, in the pursuit of attaining this financial idea of success. I really quickly realized also it was impacting me. And because of the environment I was in, my idea of success, which at my core was always right, was completely overridden with a false idea of success. It was about how I looked, what I drove, where we lived, where we flew on the plane, how much money we made, what the, what the status of the title was, because I was impacted by my environment. I kind of always had the health component in the background that served me, but it was the journey of going through, walk, working through different corporate backgrounds, so work, working through stockbroking and financial planning, running my own firm for eight years and, and going on that journey, having children was the, the key moment for me where I had to stop and reflect and go, what the hell? Like, what am I hunting down here? Why, why is this number relevant? Why is this title relevant? Hang on, it's not. I've been completely led down the wrong path by the people around me. I need to go back to my core and work out what the hell am I trying to achieve and why? And my kids were the critical component to that. So I think for me, it was having the children, having, having that moment in my life to be able to stop and reflect. And then last year, 5th of August last year, uh, my dad passed away. So he had a, a five-year battle with cancer. And it was good that he passed away because it was horrendous towards the end to, to watch and obviously for, for him. But through the last probably 12 months of his life, it gave me many, many moments to stop and reflect about what am I doing, what's important, you know, where am I allocating my time, 
and and when he eventually passed that was the final nail in the coffin for me and I I sold the business after running it for eight years and decided to make this thing that I've been doing for about three years as a part-time side hustle into my full-time gig because the realization was that I'd got it all wrong for the 14 years leading up to that. It's fascinating Um, I'm probably in a pretty similar situation to yourself and, and, and had that, that light bulb moment. What I want to know from you, you said that it was the environment that you were around that dictated what success was and then you naturally fell into that environment. Do you feel that w- that is the business world or do you feel that was how you were brought up? Like, ha- how does that happen? Like, because I was the same. I, I sort of always thought that success was money, car, house and then all of a sudden you're just like, well, hold on that's other people's version of success what is my version of success and I'll be straight out I'm still trying to find out what I reckon my version of success is I have no idea so was that what drove you to think that that was success because the societal norm right like I mean you you ask people especially pre-covid what does success mean like give me some words that that define success you're going to hear things like assets house, car, title, status, social media, income. These are the words that people typically would associate with the, the image of success. So I think it's always been around us. And, and when you get into a work environment, you're condensing that social environment down to a team of 5, 10, 50, 100, 200 people. So it's intensified even more down to that, that specific nature of that industry. So I think success and, and what we typically associate it to be is society and what's thrust upon us I was then I shouldn't say put into the world I chose to work in in wealth advice but I was in a world where it was money that's why I got into it I thought well money I love money I want to make money I'll work in money but the people in that environment are also primarily not all of them driven by those things and now as a an outsider looking back into that industry so many struggled to get out because they haven't had that moment yet to question what they're working towards in their idea of success. Yeah, so back then, did, did you come across anyone that was probably truly happy or fulfilled in that industry? No. No. No, I don't think anyone... Because it's a sales industry as well. Hmm. And... Quick pause. Like, I mean, my background was never. I didn't come from money. If you're from South Australia, I wasn't a Saints or a PAC boy. No offense if you lads were. Um, so you know, I grew up in a pretty standard, you know, household. Uh, so my definition of success was, I think, probably right when I was a kid. I got into this corporate space and surrounded by people that it's a sales industry and a sales industry where you're selling um, investments and opportunity to grow your wealth. So you're always surrounded by terminology and money and, and, you know, they shower you with fancy things because that's how they get advisors to use, you know, their equities or whatever it was. And so you look around the room and it's a great, great question. And the people I talk to now, having left in the industry, there might be some that were 90% there, but they still had 10% and it was a complete smoke and mirror. It was a facade. If you don't have fear of judgment of others or if you're not worried about the sale, 
then you can be yourself. And the, and the funny thing is, once you see the people that take the leap of faith and go, you know what, bugger this, I'm going to do me, I'm going to be me. And if they can stay in the industry, they actually will be more successful than they are if they spend the energy trying to create a fake front. Hmm. Like coming in every day and literally you would almost see these people get to the door and they go and walk into the room like, okay, I've, I've got to put the second act on now. Yeah. And, and that's tiring, right? It's tiring. You can't yeah. do that. And that's why you see such huge rates of burnout in the last three years, huge rates of suicide in that industry. Because mm. people are in debt to their eyeballs, trying to attain something that's probably meaningless or, you know, meaningless to them at, at, at least with a fake front which takes energy. Yeah. It's not healthy. Now, you mentioned that you were always into your health and fitness whilst you are still involved in this industry. Now, I'd imagine a lot of people weren't is involved in their health and fitness. They were out to long lunches. Um, did that make you an outsider? Yeah, 100%. Look, and that's why I started my own firm in, in 2014. You know, I was always... It was those little comments, you yeah. know, the little jokes they'd make when I'd say, I'm going to the gym at lunchtime or, you know, we'd go to a function and I'd start with a soda water first, you know, still have a couple of reds, but yeah. I'd start with a soda water and it was... Yeah. Mate, uh, anyone would think I've walked in dressed in a clown suit, you know. How did you get over that? I, I struggled. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I think I, I caved in many, many times, right, like you just do under the peer pressure of, you know, if I'm going to make this career work, I guess I'd better do it. And, and slowly but surely I got to the point of going, I can't be bothered caving in anymore, and that's why I got out and, and did my own my own thing um, because I felt like if I, if I run my own business, I would do it my way. So when you decided to run your own business, did you do it your way? Did you make wellness a key component of your employees? I, I, I absolutely set out and achieved running a business with a foundation of health and well-being. I was more energetic, more productive, more focused than I'd ever been in the 14, bad with numbers now, <laughs> uh, years leading up to that because you know, I wasn't tired each day. I wasn't out for long lunches and the coaching stuff, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, I guess, is helping those that are in that world wanting to buck the trend, wanting to do it differently, and also giving them the, the, the encouragement and evidence to say, you can be just as, if not more successful, being the true you with a focus and a belief on health and well-being, because there's enough of us out there now that are over the long lunches. So what did you do differently than your former employee, uh, employer? Sorry. Um, I think it was, um, so, oh, there's so many small things, but I, I think some of the key things were just with my time and how I would structure meetings, not doing the norm. So what I mean by that is, you know, when I was in private banking, for example, it was pretty normal to just go, we'll do lunch, we'll do dinner, we'll do drinks. Never really asked the person like what they wanted to do. That was just always, well, we've got a corporate card, so... We'll take them out, we'll do this, we'll tie one on, we'll win the deal. Yeah. But now when you go out and do your own, you get actually get to know the person. You're like, hey, do you want to go for a run? Yeah. You know, one of the great clients, I train with him every two weeks. Well, actually, you guys know this person. You know, he's, been, he's been training here for, for 10 years. Yeah. You know, great client, we don't have to do the boozy thing. Other clients, we go for runs, we go for walks, we just do coffee. There's, it's removing that expectation or pressure to go, there has to be a drink in hand or a late night or, or whatever. 
Yeah, it's a real good hack that, isn't it, Jason? Like, let's let's start asking people what they want. Like, yeah. we just assume they yeah, want to go correct. out and get on the beers and, and have a drink. And it, that would have, I'd imagine, made you more relatable and made you, uh, given you a point of difference in your business. Is that correct? Yeah, look, and that's why I started shouting it from the rooftops. You know, I'd spent 14 of the 18 years kind of confined to my little box going, well, I'm allowed to put out the messaging around investments and how we can, you know, do this, that and the other. But it was always frowned upon to talk about anything outside of that because it wasn't the norm. I don't think... I don't think anything's changed in that corporate space. I think they still like you to stay in your little box, stay in your lane, do as you're told, shout this message and we'll, we'll give you a credit card and sort of good income to support that. But if you want to buck that trend and do something differently, which globally there's a lot of people doing this, I think Australia's just catching up. It's like, well, no, hang on. There's enough people that now, you know, it's, it's a generational shift in leadership, right? Like I think if you look at people in their late 50s, early 60s and, and beyond that, most are of that traditional mindset around let's smash some piss let's drink a big big you know, boozy lunch and have lots of food and, and we're going to get to know each other and we're going to do deals i think that next phase of leadership that's coming through you know business owners and leaders are like mate i got kids i don't have time for downtime for being hung over let's just catch up let's just you know get to know each other grab a coffee train and let's do let's do business 100 yeah, percent, it's changing i'm i'm interested to go back to the time when you were i suppose complying yeah. with the old school like what were you like at home you obviously you did you didn't have a kids then did you no no first child came along 2017 30 yeah. june ironic in my world last day of the financial yeah. year didn't right. get a tax deduction for him though right. jesus um no, look, look, I guess when I was home, I was still in that headspace of trying to attain, I wouldn't say the wrong idea of success, but I had a very different vision of success back then. And so when I got home, who I was and, and how I would act probably still aligned with what I thought I should be doing as this definition of success. So in other words, you know, yes, I was probably still you know i was still focused on my fitness i was still focused on eating well i'd come home and i'd probably bitch and moan about the day but then it was still about okay get up do it all again be positive about it let's go to this place let's go to that place you know trying to go to the right coffee shops because that's where i know some of the clients hang out and, and it's because well, and deliberately try and run into them yeah yeah right and yeah. What, what about like the effort you talked about you know putting on a facade all day and so forth did that not affect your mood at home or yeah i was yeah. always way more tired mm. yeah for sure uh, definitely more tired more grumpy um I, I had a really short temper um i probably always you know i've always had a short temper um and, and one of the reasons you know for, for me really adopting fitness and, and movement was because for me it's like a, a, a movement-based form of meditation it just kind of calms me down um you know, I've, I've never dealt with stress well. Always been der terrible at dealing with stress. You know, my whole life since I was a kid, I've been a stressor. And as that went on in life, you know, the solution was to drink and go out. And then you work in that environment, it was drink and go out. And it just wasn't serving me. And so there was just that kind of light bulb moment where I had to, to make the switch. But you're right, like I would come home, uh, you know, yep, I'd slip into my trackies and a T-shirt. I wouldn't walk around in a suit all day. But, you know, I think I still was going, oh, I'm trying to achieve this and I want it was always about what I want. You know, I want this income. I want to go to this level. I want this. I want that. And the messaging I was putting out into the universe was just all wrong. And that's why I never delivered. You know, like I, 
we, we were open chat, right? Like I look at the, the business that I built and we did all right. Like it got to a team of, of four and revenue was good. But it's interesting that it was probably 50% of what it could have been. It wasn't as successful as what I, I thought or I wanted. And because upon reflection, it wasn't the real me. You know, it was, it was me putting out a message into the universe asking for this stuff that truly meant fuck all. Absolutely. And when you switch into my new world, the universe is delivered because I'm my authentic self again. So I spent so much of my time not living my authentic self, always grumpy, always moody, always tired. But then when I made that switch, the universe delivered. You talk about like the, the persona that you, had, you, you put on in, in your old workplace. How did your wife or partner at the time handle that um, in terms of, oh, he's work JP at the moment, now he's the real person? Is it, so it's almost like having split personalities. How did she handle it? Yeah, the ironic thing is I met her at Morgan Stanley. So okay. we're both living. She, knew. We're, she, she, <laughs> she saw me 24 hours of a day. Okay. That was a, an office romance that w- worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she knew what she signed up for. Yeah, yeah, she knew. And she was in that world. Yeah, okay. But it was, a, it was good that she could call me out. Yeah. You know, she could call me out when you see I Don't say like I've gone too far, but it was like, come on, that's not you. Yeah. Uh, so because she was in that world. But you know, put words in her mouth, but I don't think she was her genuine self yeah. then either. And then when she left that environment, you could see the shift in her change, mm-hmm. you know? And so, ironically, um, she ended up going into a world of female coaching. Okay. So... And is she into her health and fitness always? Less on or the fitness, on, new- the, on the health, nutrition and, and the mindfulness piece. She's very big on that. Big on the nutrition, big on the nutrition for kids. And it was stuff that she was... You know, she always says, geez, even back at uni, I loved this, but... I think you just follow that path that you think you need to take because of school, the circle around you. You know, we, we touched on briefly, like, the, the impact of the five people around you. Um, and we were impacted heavily each day by the people around us. And once she left that environment, she could probably let go of some of those shackles and live her own life. I left that environment and let go of those shackles too. So uh, what was that moment, mate? What was the uh, catalyst? Did, was it an event or obviously you said your kids... To go out and start my own? Or, or just to make that switch, I suppose. Um, so it was 2014. It was two weeks before our wedding. And I had my review meeting with the private bank I was with at the time. And I remember sitting there and I knew that, I knew that it wasn't the world for me just because of three years of bullshit that had led up to it. But like I said, money was good opportunity to travel my status credits were through the roof uh but i was sitting there in my review and i'm like you know yep cool pay increase yeah sure kpi increase of course blah 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 he's like but here's what we're going to do if you sandbag this opportunity sandbag that refer this one back this way you'll get a bigger bonus i'll get a bigger bonus and then we'll roll it into next financial year and i just went do you know what this is it's not me nah give me a minute, which was about three hours. And I went out and I had, I think it was six coffees with six different people. And my sixth and final coffee was with my soon-to-be wife. Yeah. And I'm shaking like a leaf, not because of nerves, because I'm six <laughs> coffees <laughs> down in the space of about three hours. And I said, how do you feel about marrying an unemployed person? She's like, what the? 
say, well, here's what's going on and here's what I want to do. I want to start my own thing. She's like, well, I knew this was the way it's coming, so do it if today is the day. So I walked back in and I quit, got escorted out of the building, um, wasn't allowed back in the building until night time to collect the stuff from my desk and we went on our merry ways. It was just the, the, the catalyst was ethically and, and my values as a person were compromised by the games they make you play for money. Yeah. Here's a bit of a personal question. Were you quite wealthy when you made that decision to quit? Uh, well, definitions of wealth are from person to person, right? Yeah. Like if I said, what car I was, did you drive at the time? Great question. What did we have at the time? Like a Nissan Cash guy, still got it out the front. Still got it out the yeah. front. Right. Better, better question. Could you not work and live for over a year? Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Great question. Yeah, so that that sort of gives you that that base and that confidence to back yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I, and like when I talk to clients now, so when we're working with clients and we go through the values piece and we go through the passions and we talk about your pain points and they have a realisation that they either need to start and do something themselves or perhaps like a couple of guys, one at the moment, who's completely ditched his industry and going to something completely different, we switch hats and we put the financial hat back on. When I started this you know, lifestyle or wellbeing coaching business, I thought, great, I am done with financial. But it's probably still about 30% of what I do. And it's helping either business owners or individuals get really clear on their personal cash flow, their business cash flow. Because I'm like, we're saying here that stress is a big deal for you. And you're saying that you want to quit what you're doing or start a business. I'm like, we don't do this until we make an educated leap. So I knew where we were financially um, and I knew that we had a wedding and all this sort of stuff so I had time to plan what it was going to look like uh, but I still wasn't sure and I remember the first moment I opened the doors on the wealth business I was absolutely shitting myself because I remember it was a mate of mine he's got a private equity firm I had this completely oversized office on Peary Street that he kindly gave me to pe for peanuts and there's me sitting there behind a desk on a chair, all borrowed off of him with my laptop in this enormous room going, all right, now what? That's about as far as I've thought. Yeah. And it came together and it worked, but it was terrifying at the time, making a leap into a world that I knew, but not how I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it differently from what I'd been doing. Mm. Like I, I talk to a lot of people, like DK was saying, you know, people want to make that change and they, they feel stuck in a job, right? So whether it's a long-time career, they don't know any better. They'd love to, I don't know, take photos for a living or, I don't know, start a pot plant business or a cafe. Like what, what sort of things can they do to get to that point where they can physically have some hope Put some sort of like plan in place what where do we start everyone's journey is a little bit different and depends on what their motivator is or their, their driver to go and make change um, one of my my favorite expressions at the moment is tap the brake and i say because when people have often got to the point of going do you know what i i want out i want change they want it really quickly i'm like don't jump yet we need to strategize where to from here so just tap the brake let's slow down and let's work out what steps you need to take to do it looking at financial looking at the market looking at everything from like registering an abn and setting up a company like what do you have to do to get this thing going um, but we do we have to put a, a, a timeline and a roadmap in place but before we even say execute it's about going well why everything that i do with clients is attached to a why and we talk about reverse engineering everything. 
So the first thing is like, okay, well, let's go through your values. Let's go through your passions. Let's go through what's stressing you out. Identify if this is a real problem and what you're proposing is a solution and be very clear on what you're wanting to execute. And if it's a yes and okay, this, this aligns with who you are and it's going to make you happier and more, you know, more wealthy, then do it. And what, what do you think is the biggest thing that stops people even thinking that this is possible? Yeah, like what stops people from just quitting their job, following their passion and just doing whatever they want to do? Yep, uh, two things. One, financial, so obligations to home loans and kids and life. Uh, and probably the second one for me would be around having faith in self you know having belief in self self, that's the self-belief and having people around them to support them so it comes always comes back to who you surround yourself with you know when i say let's go and do it it's like well who's in your corner yes you've got me as a coach great but you know who else who else is going to help you through this this journey because it that's the two things so i can't do it i've got you know commitments i've got kids to feed school fees you know blah, blah 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 and I don't know where to begin. Why would anyone come to me? I'm not a big enough brand. I'm a one-man band. Yeah, they're all perceived roadblocks that can be overcome just through some self-exploration. I want to know a bit more about you, JP. As a parent, what do you struggle with the most? Um, You mentioned anger before. Yeah. Is it still an issue? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I still have a really short fuse. Um, And it was interesting. I was talking with a counsellor about this about two weeks ago and just sort of saying how I think my my short fuse comes from this desire to have the perfect life and if and I'm talking like if the house isn't clean life's a fucking train wreck so I'm constantly cleaning and I'm constantly tidying up so I'm like an energizer bunny from the moment I get out of bed I'm like putting dishes away and tidying in the house, getting their lunches ready, still trying to train. Then I'm doing work stuff. Then I'm coming home. Then I'm doing some more tidying. Then I'll go and do this. And wife's like, just leave it. I'll do it. And I'm like, no, 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 you look after the kids. I got this. Like I'm a million miles an hour because to me, mess, inverted commas, is chaos. And I don't want people to have the perception that my life is chaos. And so I think that's been one of my things to overcome you, you, that, that's a perception thing right so yeah like, how do you get over that like my, my wife's the same she, everything has to be clean because a lot of that for her is about her identity that she is a neat and clean person yeah right how, how do you get over it you're a lifestyle coach like how would you how would you do it i just have people around me to to kind of help and remind me and assure me and, and support me you know, uh, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here in a straight jacket shaking in the corner, but, you know, just sometimes like, mate, just chill. All good. Yeah. All good. Sometimes that's all it takes is just, dude, relax. All good. And, and that's all I need. Yeah. So say you have an exercise throughout the day. Does that get worse? Like that? that? Depends on the day, right? Like today I've had a massive high this morning yeah. and then an email that's really dropped me off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and what so was the email? Ah. Uh, just about an opportunity, okay. about an opportunity. And, um, and so for me, I'm like, I need to do some training just to be with self, just to clear my head. Um, that's my little bit of mindfulness time. Yeah. And then I'll be back on top of the world. Yeah. That's always been, been like that for me. And the, look, and the anger thing, again, even remember playing sports as a kid, like I was always the one I was like, I'm like a bull out of a gate, white line fever, I was gone. 
And uh, they used to call me Mad Dog in basketball because I would just get the ball and I'd just be launched. I'd be down the other side of the court before you can blink. I've kind of carried that over into life. And, and I think all these little things growing up has, has made me you know, explore the things that I work with on cli- uh, for clients now, you know, for breath work and meditation, fitness, nutrition, supplementation to all help regulate these things that aren't just isolated to me. Every single person I work with has something going on that they want to improve or better. Um, so, you know, for me, so with, with the, the short fuse, you know, really deep diving, doing a lot of uh, coaching work and, and courses and seminars on, on uh, meditation. So getting a handle on what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and, and knowing how and when to use it is key as well. And the way I describe meditation to people is, you know, I do it like 10 minutes a day. So I'm not sort of sitting there on my yoga cushion, cross-legged, you know, meditating for an hour a day. But just 10 minutes is enough to give me what I need. And, and what I need is what I call lengthen my fuse, okay, or extend your fuse. Because I find that in, an, in a moment, we all react. But we react at different intervals. So in other words... What's, look around us. If, uh, if something was to fall over and smash, right, you might go two seconds and I'll react. Oh, that was, that was loud. You might react and go one second, flip off the lid. My God, it's broken. And I might react in less than a second in, in the same sort of manner. So we all, we all react at different times and in different ways. And for me, it was about giving myself just that little bit of extra time to react, process it. How do I need to react? Okay, it's not a big deal, all good. Or that's actually pretty bad. How do we deal with this? But that is a moment, like a, a millionth of a second, maybe not that short, but it's a, you know, a tiny amount of time and meditation will do that. So is that like a mental thing? So say, for instance, one of your kids just breaks a plate. Yeah. Did you just say... Right, and because you hate mess, right? Do you just think, right, give me two seconds, I'm not going to react? Because the natural reaction for someone with temper would be like, can't believe you fucking smashed a plate, right? So is that a mental trigger that you use? You don't even notice it. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, more training, right? Correct. Just over time, yeah. Yeah, is, it's, is, is subconscious the right word? You know, it just, it just happens. I just find that, so let's say my eldest, um, who's a classic example for not knowing where any part of his body is at any point in time, um, will just swing his arm around aimlessly and has been known to, like, smash one of the plant pots off the top of the kitchen counter. And if I'm in a good headspace and I've, I've been training and I'm feeling good and I've had my meditation, it's been, it's been regular, I'll be like, dude... What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Ah, all right, come on, clean it up. I'm not doing it, you do it. If I haven't, yeah. I'll just be like... <laughs> Will you yell and scream? Because that's one thing yeah. I struggle with too. Absolutely, yeah. yell and scream. Right? Yeah. But then I know that nine times out of ten afterwards, I'll be like, that was a bit of a shit thing to do. I'm sorry, man. Like, that wasn't your fault. Well, actually, no, it was your fault, but you know, <laughs> it wasn't that big a deal. So you just, it just happens. It just changes the way you respond to an event. Mm, and it happens at work as well. Mm, I think that's one thing that um, a lot of the parenting podcasts and books and stuff that I've, I've listened to is it's okay to react like that, but you have to go up and apologize afterwards and say, look, I'm in the wrong there. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have overreacted. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think it's still important to get better, though. 
You can't just, Absolutely. Oh, you know, sorry, mate. Oh, sorry, mate. No. Sorry, mate. You know what I mean? No, I, gr- I agree with yeah. that. But uh, but recognising that you're in the wrong and yeah. that you made Admitting a mistake is, is important 100%. for the children because they're going to make yeah, yeah. mistakes as well. They're going to yell at their friends and yeah. then you want them to walk up to them after and say, yeah, sorry, I've, I've yeah. lost my temper there. A hundred percent. Um, do, you, do you say to your kids, look, sorry, sometimes daddy has a bit of a temper, like oh, I used it then, or do you just like try and kick that out of your personality altogether? No, no, no. Yeah. We, we have really good chats with, with our kids and, and sometimes it's letting them know that they did do something stupid or wrong, but perhaps our reaction was appropriate or inappropriate, but we'll have the conversation with them. Um, you know, so for example, at the moment, my son's got this really bad chesty cough. And um, and it was, I think it was yesterday, he was just crying because he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop coughing. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to stop the cough. And it's just, I can just see how upset he is about it. And I, and I was coughing at night time and I just went in there and I'm like... Just drink some water, man. Just like, do you want me to get you some honey? No. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to get over this if you don't do anything? And he's coughing his guts up and he's crying. I'm like, if you need me, I'll be in the other room. And then I got up in the morning and I was just like, dude, I'm so sorry for yelling at you last night. I'm like, I'm upset because I can't push the button to make you healthy. And I hate seeing you so upset. And I hate seeing you not well. And I can't fix it and I'm angry at the situation and not at you. (laughs) And my six-year-old says to me, Dad, yelling doesn't fix the problem. Mate, thank you so much for telling that story because we've all done that. We've all done that. Don't feel like you're the only one that's done that. I've done it. And everyone listening to this podcast has done it. Right. Oh yeah, you just have those moments. And you just have right? those moments. You just like just take the neurofin, right? Just just have it. Nah, it doesn't taste good. I won't have it, right? I think you know around this wellness and this this gratefulness stuff. Like we need to just we need to just recognise that we are in the wrong, right? At, at times, and that we aren't perfect, and that we are going to make mistakes. But you're right, you're six year old, just to to understand that, like. How incredible are kids? No, I need yeah, like I think both of you have touched on it. Like, it's it's okay to make mistakes, and you you just need to be vulnerable and go, look, I made a mistake. Sorry, and they're, they're going to do the same thing when they do it, right? Whereas if we're just a hard ass the whole time and you don't even apologise, what are they going to do when they're older? They're correct. They're just going to treat people like shit. If it makes you feel any better, JP, here's one from me last last goes. night. So. With me and Asha, my eldest, she's eight. We play a, a game of Switch every night, and I won. And she just, she just lost it, and she just started crying. And I'm like, that is not okay. That the behaviour is not all right. Give me the cards. If this is what's going to happen, I'm going to throw the cards away. I threw them in the corner. She's bawling her eyes out, and I'm like, Asha, if you can't lose, you can't play. That simple. And she's just crying her eyes out, turned to me, and she's just gone, Dad, Dad, just remember, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Oh. And I'm like, she's an eight-year-old, and I've thrown the cards yeah. across the room. And I'm like, come here, give me a cuddle. Daddy's in the wrong. Right? This is just all stuff we're all going through. Yeah. And this is what this whole podcast is about, is telling these stories and letting everyone know that it's okay. Right?
we're all going to stuff up. I want to get onto your training side of things. You've mentioned how important it is. Are you training for anything in particular or do you just train every single day? So I'll train five days a week. Um, for most of my life, it's been CrossFit world. Well, no, most of my life. Probably the last 11 years has been CrossFit. Uh, just attracted to the diversity in movements. Um, but now it's five days a week of a variety of things. So I, I love to ride, love to get out in the hills or along the beach and do a, do a ride. I'll run um, and I'll chuck the, the ollie lifting and CrossFit stuff in as well. So I, I, I like the diversity because I can work in around the family and the kids. If I can't get a session in, then I'll just quickly chuck on the runners and go. Um, so five days a week is my number, two days a week of, of making sure I just rest and, and chill out. Um, Am I training for every, anything? No, like I just really enjoy training. You know, I've always enjoyed really, really pushing myself physically um, several times to the point of injury, but I just enjoy that physical push, um, which I know a lot of people struggle with. They just train because they feel like they're obliged to or they have to. I'm fortunate that I actually love the, the training component. Um, I'm enjoying my running at the moment. I did a trail run for the first time when was that, two weeks ago? Oh, now we're talking, Jace. You got me Here excited, go. JP. Tell me. 24K trail run, Love first it. time. A Minato Zoo. Oh, the oh, Federation. They did it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. We had a guest on here that Katrina. did it as well. Katrina, you should yeah. have done it. Yeah. I tell you what, you ran through the Minato Zoo. It was that good? It was so good. You yeah. actually ran through the zoo. Yeah. Um, so that was good fun. I did that. I had absolutely no expectations or idea of how to do it, where to do it, what I'm doing. Um, but I managed to come 12th out of 110. That's awesome. So I was pretty stoked with That's, that. Um, felt great. like someone had kicked me in both kneecaps for the next three days. But, <laughs> but that was good fun. Uh, am I training for anything? I am still 50-50. I'd like to do the Singapore half marathon. Yeah, cool. Um, I say half. I started training for the full. But then I realized that the, the impact on my broader training and the physical impact, I lost, lost interest. I was like, do you know what? If I can't do this today because I've got to run tomorrow or I can't actually do my training tomorrow because I'm sore from my run, now I've lost the purpose of why I'm training, which is just to have fun because it's now become so about this one thing. Whereas, to be honest, the trail one was actually just a test to see if I could... I'd never run more than 16Ks. So I was like, well, I'll just see what happens. And if I got it, get it done, I know I can do singers. So I'm probably training for that, but it, it genuinely is... I like that thing to train for, but for me, it's just about being able to just zone out for a while, throw some weight around or get out in nature, um, push myself a little bit physically as opposed to just mentally and, and just come back a happier, healthier human. So good. Uh, what about uh, nutrition, mate? You talked about uh, the wife yep. being into that. And what about you? Yeah, so I've always mucked around with different types of, of eating. I have done for a long, long time. Um, I went vego for a while. I was paleo for a while. Um, the best I ever felt was on carnivore. I went carnivore for a while, and the only reason I stopped was because my kids stopped eating their fruit and veg, so I stopped on the spot. Uh, I now kind of lean into more of a keto style of eating, so fats, greens, and proteins. Pretty strict? No. No? No. Some people look at me and go, you're a freak. Like, how can you just not eat this and not eat that, push chips away and all that stuff? I'm like, I just have lost the temptation. Yeah. But 
like after the trail run, I'm like, I am starting. I think all fasted. So I ran the 24Ks. No no food during? Nothing. No, no. I had two, no, five sips of uh, my essential aminos in my backpack. And that was it. So I was starving. So the way of me refueling, which isn't appropriate, but yes. I went to the Sterling Hotel and oh. had a triple beef patty burger with chips and an enormous garlic bread on the side. I felt you would have felt <laughs> atrocious. felt atrocious, but yeah. at the time I felt yeah. amazing. Yeah. You would um, have felt good and for about 10, 15 minutes, then yeah. you would have oh. crashed. You wouldn't have had that many carbs in years. No, it was not great, but worth it. It was bloody good. And what, <laughs> about, um, what about oh, yeah. booze? No, I don't drink a lot. I would drink probably one to two drinks a week. Yeah, that's probably about it. Um, is that a social thing, the drinking, or is that just sit down with your wife at the end, um, end of a week, or is it? It can be a work thing. It yeah. can be like when I go with the the guy from who trains with with yourselves. We'll go for a, a bite to eat and grab a red. So there's no rules around anything. I just know. I know what makes me feel good. I know what allows me to remain productive and and clear mind the next day um, I know what's going to compromise that I know what's going to compromise my sleep and so as long as I operate inside that parameters or I consume knowing and being self-aware of what the implication is I'm, I'm definitely not a you know pack my own lunch to a, a barbecue kind of guy um, just just try to be smart about it I, mean, I it's vain but I think if I look a certain way I feel a certain way as well and I know to look a certain way, I need to eat a certain way. So I'm just stricter with that. It's great that you recognise that. Like a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, that's vain. But that's that's how you feel. And if that makes you feel good, then do it. And I want people out there listening to this to realise if that is what makes you feel good, then do it like yeah and with the running thing as you mentioned as well with your training like you really want to be able to to do this but if it impacts how you train in another uh in another area then it's not worthwhile for you so it's great that you can recognize that and what, what about for parents that probably recognize all this stuff but struggle with what we've talked about you know cutting back on the booze eating better food like what what's your advice to those sort of people Come see me. <laughs> I'll give you my email. Um, it, it, everything really comes back to the, the social, right? So as in, who do you surround yourself with? And if you're wanting to make some changes to the way you operate, personally, professionally, physically, then just first off, start vetting the people that you're spending time with. Are they conducive of helping you down that path or are they holding you back? But, but what if your core group of friends and you love them, get along with them, like you do just, let's say you go camping and you, you have six beers with them and you, you enjoy that, but then you go home Monday, Tuesday and you're depressed because of the way you feel about your body and nothing's changed and you're getting older and you've got less energy for the kids and you hate work. You, you I find... I need to be comfortable accepting that what I consume in here is going to be affecting here. That was his mouth. That was my mouth. Um, uh, Anything that I consume, I need to be okay with knowing the implication that's going to have. If I eat something and feel guilty or feel like I shouldn't be doing it, then I'm just not going to do it. And I I have so many parts to this one, but... Let's go a few of the key things. One, I'm 42 and I sat down with my mates who I've been schoolmates. It's, you know, South Australia, right? Like, so we've had my schoolmates since we finished in 1999. Um, I, hopefully no one's listening, I purposely cut this group 
over the last two and a half years because what I realized was that we were all on very different paths. There's only two guys that I really spend time with now because they're open-minded, they're similar thinking, not even about the fitness stuff, just open-minded. They don't care, they don't judge. They're aspirational, run businesses. We've probably gone down a similar sort of path. The other guys, I love them, but it was more about, you know, the footy coaching comp thing and, and about drinking beers and going to the footy and doing work and then just racking up the credit card to do home renos, then pay it off with your tax bill. And that's okay. That's your definition of success. Cool. Mine's very different. And if you can't accept that, which many of them couldn't, then we need to spend less time together. So for me, I did. I went through a process of, of cutting people out of my life spending less time with them because I wasn't feeling nourished and supported after spending time with them. And I had some ding-dong arguments and conversations with people because they thought I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And I'm like, no, I'm doing this for me and for my family. Like, this is just what I need to do to, to go down the path and to go down. You know, talking to people that are 40 years old and they're saying, life's over, mate. Like, my back's shot and this is done and that's done. I'm like, dude, you're 40 based on the life expectancy tables, the old financial planning hat goes on, I'm like, we're not even halfway. If you think life's over at 40, you have got a terrible 40 years in front of you. I'm like, life's just going. Like, what are you talking about? And so again, it was the mindset of the people I had around me. I had to shift that. It's that environment, right? We've mentioned it so many times and I keep putting it back into a, into a parenting aspect in terms of you don't want your kids hanging around with the naughty kids at school, right? So you'll push them into a better environment. So why are we hanging around people that we know are bad influences on us and are making us drink and not making us better people, yet we're still choosing to hang around them? We wouldn't let our children do it. So why are we doing it? Correct, yeah. correct. And sometimes it just does take that external voice, right? So like a coach or a mentor or whatever to just recognise some of this stuff and, and help and support them out. I suppose the challenge... You know, when they do whinge, like I've got clients, friends as well, they probably whinge about this situation, um, but they won't do anything about it, right? Because they they don't have a why. They don't have, I suppose, a rock bottom yet. Like, you know, some of us probably hit in our late 30s and then it changes. But a lot of people, they just, it's okay the way it is. And all of a sudden, you know, they're 30, 35 and... Then all of a sudden they're 45 and they're fucking miserable. Yeah, look, and I, I hope that I come in for most of the clients that I've been working with that have had a realisation they want to make change, whether it's they want to, you know, have more energy, to focus on their nutrition more, to c review their career situation, like whatever it might be. Most haven't had a serious event yet, but they acknowledge they could. And so what we're trying to do is be preventative as opposed to reactive and giving them the tools and the resources to avoid... Yeah, health problems. Correct. Relationship problems, financial all problems. All of the above, yeah. right? 100%. And so you know, I still have a coach and a mentor. I still work with someone because I think it's so important to, to have that person who's outside of your circle, a neutral voice that can be critical, that can give you feedback, you know, all with love and intention that isn't so close to home that 
that you're like, yeah, but you're saying that because you've been my mate of 26 years. Whereas if this is just someone you're paying a fee to, it's like, no, mate, I'm saying it because you pay me a fee and I, cause I love you now. You're a good mate, but I'm only saying that because you need to hear it. You know, so, yeah. And, and it's interesting, you mentioned that the paying a fee part. I know that, you know, when I got a running coach, for instance, all of a sudden I started hitting all my splits because I'm like, I'm yeah. fucking paying this guy. Yeah, like, same. yeah, I need to, you know, I want every to make sure workout is every done. workout is done. And it's the same thing with getting a lifestyle coach. Like we've spoken about getting an accountability partner. Yes, it's great if you've got, you know, your partner that's supportive, but maybe someone from that outside of your network, outside of your friendship group, just to throw new ideas around is, is the way to go. And we've already heard so many benefits um, from from that today. One last question that I've got for you around the nutrition side of it. So you said your wife's very much into it. And this is one thing I struggle with is, is what do you feed the kids? Like, like what, what's, a, what's a breakfast and a, and a lunch and a dinner look like for them? Or is it just try and get, them, get um, some food down their throat? Macca's pancakes, love them. Yeah. Um, no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, that shit is never, never going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> that stuff is Wash never going anywhere. Wash it down anywhere. with a Coke. Yeah. That's it. Here's a big glass of sugary orange juice. Um, no, nah, that stuff's never going near my kids. Uh, look, we, we, we do eat pretty well. Like, you know, so we... we um, breakfast for the kids um, is either scrambled eggs. They love that. Um, one of them's adopted my random concoction, which is scrambled eggs with a dollop of almond butter on the top. Don't judge it. Try it. Yeah. Uh, almond, uh, almond um, oats. Love their oats. Smoothies. Um, sourdough toast with honey. You know, standard sort of things. But we still try to feed them things that probably most kids consume but healthy alternatives so do we go to a really good health food store in norwood and you know we we get them healthy versions of the things that you know kids like to eat the the fruit and veg that we buy we try to buy organic where we can especially things like berries um just to make sure that we're getting them all far away from any you know um anything that's going to cause inflammation pesticides um and, and just yeah i think probably been more relaxed over the last couple of years with them than we were at the start as in you know we were like they're never having chocolate well that was that was never going to work but it's now okay if you are having chocolate so one of the things they love is um dark chocolate covered goji berries goji berries dark chocolate on things like that if they can get an easter egg they get one easter egg and we make sure it's a very good quality dark chocolate one not just a load of crap so they still get stuff but we're pretty so how, how do you go like kids birthday parties lunch boxes what happens at school what happens at those parties yeah you just you just have to kind of go well hopefully a the, the, the kids that we hang around they're all pretty similar so the stuff's not too bad um where we look at what's there and most times there's a blend and they'll have a pizza or they'll have whatever and, and that's okay we have enough conversations with them about like you know why soft drink it's just a no-go zone like it's just you don't need it you're not having coke and you know so when we go to the parties they just avoid it now you know they'll they'll go and smash a few bits of pizza and i'm like that's cool man like have fun enjoy it good you know but then they'll pick a bit of the fruit off the fruit platter as well i'm like well that's good you know but then they won't go near the lolly thing because they know that what what do they say do they say like other kids i don't eat i don't drink coke because I've never seen anyone yeah. ask them yet, to be fair. No, but you know, you know how yeah. some, why, why don't you want some Coke or something? Or like, it'd be interesting to see 
if they like they're educated and they yeah. know like why yeah no and I they d- say to other kids you shouldn't be drinking that coke because it's full oh, of shit yeah what do they say they say um oh, i think it's probably pretty bad i think they yeah. call it poison <laughs> I think I think there's, there's a terminology I think they I think they've been I think it like courts my wife mainly I reckon she says oh that's poison or that's the oh, nasty yes. stuff or something that's what you clean driveways good is. Yeah. that's it when you, get, when you get false teeth you can soak it in that overnight so good Jace mate you said it at the start of the podcast that this isn't a rich multi-millionaire tech guru and as you've heard through this podcast this is a real person he's honest he's vulnerable he's relatable he's a parent he makes mistakes but most of all there is some absolute pearls of wisdom sorry to use the pun again but i had to it was so good in this podcast and what this guy can do to help you be the best version of yourself he is a lifestyle coach get in contact with him how do we get in contact with you jp uh johnpearl.com pearl spelled p-u-r-l um (laughs) And yeah, that's probably the best place. Best place to start. LinkedIn. I'm on there. John Pearl, Instagram, Facebook. Just stalk me anywhere. Yeah. What I've got out of this um, is the people that you hang around make such an impact on the person that you become. The other thing I got about it is getting an accountability partner or someone that is outside of that circle can just be so beneficial to yeah, you. Yeah, very important. I think um, also I've been talking about a lot. Just, uh, it's a chapter in your life, isn't it? Your life's like a big book and um, that was just a chapter and you flip the page, bang, new chapter, new friends, new life. It's great. Well done, mate. It's awesome. JP, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Nah, thank you guys. Thanks again for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Do not forget to like and subscribe, follow, all that stuff that you know you need to do. Please do it. It does make a difference.